are live with Hannah Morgan, the OG of career advisory. Hannah Morgan is like, she's like the person who's been doing this like forever and is smart and wonderful. Uh, check out careersherper.net. And today we're going to talk a lot about how people could use AI for their careers. And I'd like to hand it off to you, you know, Hannah. Yeah. What, what do you think about ChatGPT and AI for the, the job seeker? I, um, I'm really happy that so many good things have come out of the pandemic, right? And like all of the work from home stuff, the which is still the pay transparency. And now we've got something else that's really helping uh, level the playing field for job seekers, especially those people that haven't had to do this in a while and don't know what they're supposed to be doing and don't know how, what does a good resume look like today? How do I write a cover letter? Do I write a cover letter? Do I need to follow up after? So all of those questions. Okay, just hearing that, I'm like, oh my God, my head is spinning. Seriously, I'm hearing <laughs> that. I'm like thinking of his job seeking, like, oh my God, I gotta do all this? Yeah, so, and that's the thing. Like, I think that they don't really know what job search entails until you're thrown into it. And then it's like overwhelming. And I'm not gonna suggest that ChatGPT is gonna tell you how to do it, though it could. Um, I think that um, all of those questions that you have about job search, like what does a good cover letter or what does a good cover letter look like? You could go Google, what does a good cover letter look like? And what you'll end up doing is going through all kinds of different templates that are online and they all want you to pay or subscribe to download and, and, and it just becomes a wiggly mess. So I feel sorry for people that do try and use the internet for that because it's overwhelming. Um, but instead they could go to ChatGPT, for example, um, and type in the correct prompt, and we'll talk more about that, and, and get a cover letter generated um, that is better than a template. It doesn't mean that it's the finished product, but it does start the job seeker along the way. The other thing that ChatGPT is really good for is research. So if you in your last job were, I don't know, a financial analyst, right? And you say, you know what? I want out of financial, being a financial analyst because the work is grueling. I, I really want more human interaction, whatever it is, right? So you can type into ChatGPT a prompt that says, what are alternative job titles that somebody with a background in as a financial financial analyst could go do. And it's going to come up with some ideas for you. Again, it doesn't mean that you have to pursue those and those are the only ideas, but it helps in the idea generating process, which is where so many job seekers get stuck. So let's start for the, like, the first step. So let's say, I guess this would be really helpful for the people watching it here or when we do replays, the do-it-yourselfers, you know, somebody who you know, may not have the resources to go to a career advisor, or maybe they just you know, do it. They, they want to do it themselves. And, you know, they, I respect that. To start with, what would you recommend? Do they do the resume first? Do you do a LinkedIn profile? What's the first thing they could do? You know, that's, I, I, there's so many different schools of thought on that. Okay. Um, my belief is identifying your target, what you want to do next is where you have to start because you can't write a resume until you know where you want to go because the resume needs to speak to this is this is how I'm positioning myself right. for this kind of a career option. So um, assessing and evaluating what you're good at doing 
um, and what you like to do is really what comes first. You may already have identified that you really want to work in the nonprofit world. Mm -hmm. Great, that's awesome. So you could say, what kind of career options are available for somebody with a financial analyst background in the nonprofit world? So that would be a great place to start. So if you can do that research and identify job titles or industry or types of companies that you wanna get started with, then you can begin thinking about, okay, how does my past experience line up with what I wanna do? And what do I need to make that happen? And that's where, you know, again, more research, um, you might want to talk to some people who are actually in the nonprofit world holding some of those job titles so that you can gain firsthand knowledge. Um, or you could ask, you know, ChatGPT, or you can look at some LinkedIn data that says, you know, people who have a background on this will do, you know, have, have a background in financial analysts do these kinds of jobs in um, nonprofit. So once you have gotten sort of that idea, of, this is what I want to do next. And I don't ever want to hear people say, this is what I want to be when I grow up, because we're going to be switching careers so many times um, that, you know, we, if we look at a five year chunk, that's good. That's like the longest I think we can ever really plan in today's really topsy turvy world. Identify what you want to do, and then you can write your resume. And it's resume or LinkedIn profile. Honestly, I think if you're going to do a major rewrite, you're better off doing that on paper mm -hmm. offline first, get that nailed down and then transfer that over to the LinkedIn profile. But that's going to mean that time is of the essence because every day that your LinkedIn profile is misaligned or not updated, you're missing out on opportunities that recruiters might be searching for somebody just like you. Yeah, I'm curious, do you find that uh, when you get new clients, that they don't really know what they want to do next, that they're feeling lost, or do they come to you and they really know what they're doing and they just want you to help out, maybe do a resume, do with this? What would you see? I think it's a mix. Um, mm -hmm. I think, and, and this is where I think people who are, an, who are employed and looking mm -hmm. know what they want to do. People who have been laid off and are unemployed and looking usually, and again, generalization, but those are the ones that usually th say, I think I wanna do what I wanna do next, but I don't know for sure. Or I, I wanna do something different and I have no idea what that is. That's a, wh Why do you think, is that because maybe they feel burnt that they were downsized and now they're like, you know what? Maybe like tech sector, what? About 200,000 people laid off in 2023. So maybe like, you know what? I keep seeing more layoffs. Let me do something else. I don't know what, but let me just go to a different sector. I think being what? laid off hurts your ego and self-esteem yeah. a lot. And it makes you sort of think, shoot, was I even meant to do this? And we have to realize that it's not so seldom, like very rarely is a layoff ever performance-based, right? It doesn't mean that you weren't right for the right. job. Um, and it doesn't mean that if you go into another company, there's going to be another layoff, right? That we're all subject to layoff at any time. There's no such thing as a stable job. I used to talk to college graduates that were looking for a job and they would say, I just want a stable job. Mm -hmm. I'm like, um, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, not anymore, right? It's not right. like like our parents' generation where you stay there for 20, 30 years, you get your gold watch, a hearty handshake, you know, maybe yeah your pension no more yeah. it's over well maybe the only thing that i can think of is like working for a local government right <laughs> yeah and you know what that's why there's so many employees working if you think about it, the biggest employer in the u.s is the government because yeah. they get that safety 
yeah. you could probably kill somebody to lose your job. And even then you probably won't lose your right. job and you get great <laughs> pensions. So yeah. it's, so let me, so let's say you're starting, right? Mm -hmm. And you were looking at a like, person feels a little disgruntled. They lost their job. They're in between jobs. Would it also make sense to go to AI? And there are a lot out there. You could take a look, you know, chat GPT, but there, you know, Google Bard, there's proximity, but I'm butchering it. And I use it every day and I embarrassed. I don't know the exact name of it, something like that. Um, Christine, do you remember Prexib, the one that we, that I use? Perplexity. Perplexity, which is pretty cool. And, uh, and then uh, Microsoft. Microsoft has their thing. So it's, yeah. it's, there's a lot of venues. Would you suggest, okay, I'm looking for a new job. I was in between jobs. And before I go and interview somewhere to use AI to give prompts about the finances of the company, have there been past layoffs? Are there any plans for layoffs? What's up with the management team? So this way beforehand, you know, cause once bitten twice shy, you know what I mean? Then you're like, I don't want to go oh, back yeah. to another firm. Do you think that's a good strategy also for somebody to start with? I, I think it absolutely, the more research we can right. do before we go into an interview or, or even applying for a job, right. the better we'll be. And and I don't think that, um, uh, what, what ChatGPT is gonna be the best tool yeah. for that. It would have to be a real-time tool like a, a Google Bard yeah. because ChatGPT is only going up to, 2021 right yeah, like they yeah. it's not real time um so using a, a google bard which is real time would be an, a great way to research a company to, you know uh i'm conducting research on xyz company please give me a summary of their financial analyst uh, their financial statements mm -hmm. and and how they if they've been whatever um what their employment rate has been or their layoffs yeah, or the turnover the layoffs downsizing like even any kind LinkedIn, of data yeah even if you go to the company yeah. website the company page on linkedin it will show you some data about um the company and the the tenure of people in the company and things like that so what do you think about ai for getting a sense of you know the corporate culture dei you know and other things that might be important to you when yeah. you look for a job I, I still don't think there is enough good language around yeah. company culture to evaluate that um, through any means other than a human to human conversation. Um, so if you know that you want a company that has a very flexible um, PTO policy, mm -hmm. you might you might be able to ask um, Google Bard what is the vacation pol or the PTO policy at XYZ? Or you could say what companies have the most flexible PTO mm -hmm. policies? You could do that. But, but if you don't have a, if you're just saying, well, uh, I want to work for a company that has a great culture, I don't, that's different yeah. to different people. So you'd have to get specific about what you're looking for. Um, but BARD would be a good tool for yeah. that. Do you think, do you think AI would be a great tool for like, do you have any questions for me or what questions I should ask kind of thing? So oh, you prepare. Abs absolutely. You know, I'm interviewing for this job at this company. What questions can I, what questions should I be prepared to answer? Mm -hmm. Now, how would they go about doing it? Like, what would you suggest to start to, you know, because I've always find people like they get so nervous about at the end of the interview when they say, 
Hey, do you have any questions for me? Like, oh my gosh, they can't even focus on the interview because they're so worried about answering those questions at the end. I know. I know. So, so is there so is there a way do you think that people could use AI to just have to generate that, that the question? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What are good questions to ask at the end of an interview with uh, the hiring manager or the recruiter? And I think that one thing that you might agree to is that the questions that you're asked of a recruiter are different sometimes than the questions you'd be asked by a hiring manager and different being asked by maybe the, the head of the, the department or the CEO, whoever. So they all ask different types of questions because the purpose of their interview is a little bit different. So it's important for us as job seekers creating a prompt to figure out what questions we're going to be asked is to indicate who we're interviewing with, what level we're interviewing at. You know, that's such a smart thing you brought up because I could tell you from firsthand experience, I'm so glad you said this. And so we'll, we'll go for, on a little tangent from AI for a second. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Because when people interview, they think they could just say the exact same thing to the HR person, to the hiring manager, to a subordinate, to a peer, to, and lately it's decision by consensus when they hire. So you're going to probably meet six, seven, eight people if you're a mid to senior level person. So that you want to be able to kind of, kind of switch, you know, switch it up a little bit for each kind of person, knowing who your audience is, right? Is that? Absolutely. The concerns of somebody in a a recruiter or HR screening you for the job are very different than the person that you're going to be reporting to. So HR and recruiters care about, okay, does the person have the skill sets, the qualifications for the job? That's really their objective, right? Are they going to be a good fit in this company? But the hiring manager is like, okay, how well do they know these skills? Um, Are they going to be able to solve some of the problems that I have in my department? Are they going to be be able to get along with Jimmy, who's really a tough person to work with, right? So there, the hiring manager is looking at a lot of different things. So absolutely understanding your audience is the most important thing that we can do. So So it's almost like you make a, you get better at interviewing the more you do it. When you're first doing it, you're like, I just need to get through this interview, right? (laughs) But by the time you've done it five or six times, you're like, oh, light bulbs go off. I understand. I need to really be connecting with this individual and speaking to their specific needs, not just the general needs. So, so it sounds like what you're saying, if like someone in the audience is watching now or watch in the replays, is that, all right, now that I know I can't, I, I shouldn't just say the same thing. I have to tailor it so that maybe you would have a script. You'd write a script for, Hey, what should I say to the HR person? What should I, you know, what questions or what should I say to that senior executive? What should I say to a peer? What should I say to an underling? And this way you could kind of have all that. And then you just insert it, you know, it would be general, but then you can kind of insert the, you know, the company, the person, and, and then make it really tailored. Right. And I don't want to overcomplicate things because yeah. people are already so stressed about interviewing, but, yeah. but you're sort of right. Um, it doesn't mean that you're going to tell a totally different, give a totally different example to HR and, and the hiring manager. You just may put greater emphasis on yes. when you're talking to the hiring manager. I did a lot of collaboration with my team and I, blah, blah, blah. you know, you might go into depth and in things that you know that they're more concerned about versus HR. They just want the qualifications. Yeah. It's so funny because you mentioned about how they are different. With recruiter, it's totally different because 
you know, they'll say, you know, Jack, all right, what's the deal? Like they wouldn't talk the same way to me, to, to like someone at the company as they would do to me. Like, dude, what's the real Jack? What's the real deal? What's going on? Well, what are they going to pay? You gave a salary range that's like $50 to $5 million. What the F? What's going on? What's really, <laughs> what are you going to really pay? Come on, tell me what's happening. So you're right. So like, you're not going to have that conversation with the corporate <laughs> executive. No, it's not, no. not going to go like that. It's going to be. But wouldn't it almost be? It would almost be. Let's yeah. wave the magic wand. Yeah. Why do we have to be like this on this first date, best behavior kind of thing? Like, why can't we just really? Oh wouldn't that be nice? Like, oh, oh my God, it, it would be so great. It, you know, we always talk about being your authentic self, bring your yeah. genuine self to work. But yet, like, you don't do it because you're afraid to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. But how great would it be if you could just have like a real conversation? Like, you know, wait, you and and you've seen these salary ranges would be like you know, hundred thousand to five. It's like, come on, you call them BS on that. This is ridiculous. Yeah, right. And would it be great? You could just call them on it and say, listen, I'm not blaming you, you know, Mr. or Mrs. You know, person at the company. You didn't make up the rules, but come on, come yeah. on, it's you know. Crazy. Because then what happens is this, then it's misleading because a lot of time what I see, people will anchor to the higher number because they'll just they presume, oh, I'm awesome. And so I should get the 500,000. Meanwhile, they're anchoring to the, <laughs> the lowest well, The 100,000, right, yeah. So then you go through the whole interview process. You're thinking five, they're thinking 100 and you went to six, seven interviews and you get an offer for 102. And then- Everybody person's like, what? What's yeah. going on here? Yeah, I, I will say, right, for every bad recruiter out yeah. there, there are a hundred good ones, right? Oh, sure. So, uh, but... and the good ones really true do try to be more transparent and get, gain that sort of agreement up yeah. front. Um, but it's it's a messy, dirty process, and it's yeah. it's just the you can't change it. Like we yeah. can't, I can't change it. You can't change, you can change how you're communicating, but exactly. I can't change it. The best I can do is understand it and deal with it in the best way possible. And I think that's one of the things that we try and do as we're helping job seekers is understand, you know what, this isn't always the way, the best way for it to work, mm -hmm. but we can help make it easier for you. You want to be saying things that are going to bring you forward in the process and not eliminate you because you don't know what that final salary is going to be and that you won't know until you get to the very end of the game. So play the long game. Yeah. Would you suggest for people for it to use AI to do a cover letter, to do a thank you note, yeah. to maybe send yeah. emails you know, when you're not hearing back, to have yeah. like a customized way yes. to say, why are you not getting back to me? But just a polite, nice way to say, yes. hey, what's going on? Most job seekers that I work with are always saying to me, do you have a template for this? Do you have a template for that? Yeah. Like, I, okay, yeah, but but why don't you just use uh, yeah. ChatGPT? Because then it's going to, you can, it becomes a rough draft, right? right. And, and you know that ChatGPT is basing its answers off of thousands and millions of pieces of data. Like they're scouring the internet to come up with these things. So rather than me giving you a template that may or may not be the best, right? You're getting one from Google Google Bard or ChatGPT that is already pulling together some of the best stuff. You still have to edit it. And and the problem with ChatGPT for a lot of people who haven't used it before is very verbose. 
it uses a thousand words instead of 500 to really convey a point. So um, there are ways you can get it to write shorter. You just have to tell it, you know, keep this under, you know, 50 words or whatever. But absolutely, for cover letter, those are the things that people want help with. How do I write a good cover letter? How do I write a good thank you note? How do I send a follow-up email when I haven't heard back? ChatGPT. Because you don't do, like, I find it as, as, as a writer, when you have that blank page, that's the worst. It is. <laughs> so sometimes if you just have something on there, it doesn't even have to be that good. You know, it could be, and that's what I think a lot of, just I could say from, you know, my side is that, even if it's robotic and like awkwardly written and, you know, it's so obvious that it's AI doing it, but at least it starts a framework where yes. it gets you going and like, okay, you're not at that blank page. So you have something to look at. And then also it's the time it takes to research so many things it takes forever. So it, this cuts right to the chase. So if you're a yeah. job seeker and you want a cover letter, you could say, Hey, write me a, you know, a prompt for a cover letter for this type of job. And what, you know, and I relocated. So how do I say that? And you give all the different parameters and then it makes their life easier. Yeah. It saves a lot of time and, and it, it removes a lot of stress and anxiety that job seekers face. Like there's so much that job seekers are stressing about from, in, during the process. Oh, I haven't heard back from the recruiter. I haven't, right, I'm, I'm going for my fifth interview. Like there's nerve wracking stuff. I don't want them to have to stress over, am I saying this right, the right way in a cover letter? Right, that, who needs that? Speak of the stress and anxiety, what do you see with your clients? Like what are the big pain points right now? Are they worried about layoffs? Are they worried about that? you know, your career might be over because of the tough economy. Well, what, do, what are you seeing? A, a lot of the people that I'm working with are um, sort of, um, I don't know the right word, concerned that it is taking so long to get responses. Yeah. Um, some of them may, some of them did start sort of um, earlier when the market was hotter and then now they're seeing the slowdown and they're like, oh, it's slowing down. Yeah. Right. Well, before I would have gotten five hits on this. Now I'm getting maybe one. So it's slowing down for yeah. them. And that's a little concerning for them. But I, I don't, I, it's not the end of the world, right? It, it, they're still getting opportunities. They're, they're still talking to people. Um, it's just going to take maybe a little bit longer, which is always a little nerve wracking. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you I, brought it up. I'm glad you, yeah. I'm glad you brought it up because that's a big thing I hear from people all, all across, whether it's through recruiting, whether it's just people I know, you know, friends, family, you know, people who are going through this. And and usually they are embarrassed because they think it's them. You know, they think, like, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, when I mentioned to them, no, it's this is a, a systemic thing. It's definitely slower. It takes longer. There are more bumps. They Because uh, my take is this. I'm curious how you feel about it. You know, with higher inflation, the costs are rising, higher interest rates, worries about what's going to happen in the Ukraine, Russia war, add on all the political toxicity, you know, and you can keep going. I can understand why these companies drag their feet a little bit. You know, they're, they're, they don't know what's going to happen. So they're just slow walking the whole process. And then they're hoping to find somebody who's like this unicorn, but get them <laughs> at the cheapest value. Right. And so it goes so that it just goes on and on and on. This yeah, is a, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. I think the other thing that is happening mm -hmm. and that has forced the employer 
So many of the initial interviews are virtual. So in the olden days, we'd have a phone screen, we'd go in for our um, in-person interview, yeah. right? We might, we'd be invited back for a second interview where we'd probably meet a couple of people and then we'd get an offer, right? But now, because it's virtual, you have the phone screen, virtual, 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 virtual. So you've met the whole team virtually and then you find, so five or six interviews, not unusual eight, nine interviews. To, to get to the point where the company is actually ready to make a decision. Yeah. It's crazy. It really is. It's, 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 but I think it's, it's because it's virtual. Yeah, it, it, the emotional roller coaster that people have to go through is just so awful. You know, it, it is. And that's why I always recommend that job seekers find somebody that they can talk to. A, a fellow job seeker is usually the best and their job seeking clubs out there and organizations, but create a group of people that you can commiserate with and you can lift each other up. Your family, this is the problem. Like you're, if you're unemployed, your spouse, your partner, your family is just as concerned, if not more than you are. Mm -hmm. So they can't always give you the support that you want them to give because they're terrified, terrified too. So finding somebody who's going through this job search process um, and the ups and downs and the, the emotional roller coaster, they know what that's like. They know what you're doing. They understand how hard this is and they can be a great touch point um, to help keep you motivated and on keel. How, how can someone find a group like that or do they have to put something together themselves? Um, you know, it really depends. I know that there are hundreds of these groups around the country, and I mm -hmm. think you can uh, Google um, job clubs. They're usually called mm -hmm. job clubs. Um, but if you have, if you've been laid off at, with a, a bunch of your peers, mm -hmm. that's another, that's a great built-in job club right there or um, to work together, um, stay in touch, touch base. But make it, if you formulate it and make it more, um, like a, uh, a project management meeting rather than a, can we call it cry in our beer <laughs> yeah. over this? It, you'll find it's better. But there, if, there are job clubs out there. Oftentimes they're sponsored, they're held at libraries or there's some, some religious organizations that host them, but they're out there. What, else, what other advice would you give to people who, you know, keep striking out, they're getting, you know, their mental health is being impacted. They're getting anxious. What would you, what would you say to them? Just, uh, I know you can't just snap your fingers and they'll feel better. Just, you know, mm -hmm. say, all right, snap out of it. But yeah, it, 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 situational depression is real. And, yeah. and I've seen people who've been long, unemployed for a very long period of time. This was after yeah. 2008, 9, 10, right? That's the great recession. Yeah. Um, and there were people who, got into really bad emotional states. Um, so the first step is recognizing that you're not okay. But mm -hmm. before you get there, I think one of the things people forget is that volunteering is a really great way to help other people, be active in the community, do something that is meaningful to you, gives you a sense of purpose. Volunteering is a great way to do that. So before you get to the point where you're like over the edge, right. <laughs> start volunteering. And it, I'm not asking you to, and nobody's asking you to volunteer for like, you know, a hundred hours, just one hour a yeah. week doing something that's meaningful for you. The other thing that you can do is enroll in some online learning 
because again, if we're investing in ourselves, we tend to feel better and we feel a sense of accomplishment. Um, and there are so many online learning of it, of tools and resources about there. Develop some skills around something that you need to learn for your next job. Um, so volunteering and, and um, if you don't meditate or do any kind of exercise, I've known a lot of job seekers that decided during their job search that they were going to start walking every morning and as part of their new routine and it gets the endorphins going, makes the body feel good, puts you in a different frame of mind. I think having some sort of schedule is really important to human beings. We thrive, we need that, we had it at work, we're craving that. So put together a schedule for yourself and carve out me time, time for you to do stuff that's important to you. If you don't get to normally spend time with your family, carve out an hour a day for you to have some special one-on-one -on -one time with family members. I'm glad you said that because I think for a lot of people what happens, let's say a person who's been in the workforce five, 10, 15, 20 years, they're so regimented, you know, what to do. And, and part like you get suffocated being regimented, but sometimes there's this comfort level because you know what to expect and what to do. And then all of a sudden you're in between jobs and now it's, it's destroyed. So you have no rhythm. Right. Like when do you wake up? I, well, I usually would wake up at such and such because I got to get this train. And then, and now it's all out the window. So it just throws you off. And now you're home, you're not in the office, you don't have the camaraderie about with your colleagues. So yeah, it just messes with you. So you're right, you gotta have, you gotta sub, you gotta kind of rebuild a completely new yeah. infrastructure of what to do. Like, you know, what to do in the morning, what to do for lunch, what to do, you know, in terms of a workout, take a walk, do yoga, do meditation. Just so, so this way, you know, you're structured because it's so easy just to sit on the couch and watch TV and just be mm. woe is me, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know what? There's a point. Like, I think if that's what you need to do one day, then sure. do that one day, right? But don't get stuck into a week of lying on the couch feeling sorry for yourself eating bonbons. <laughs> you know, because it's so easy to do, right? Oh, it's it so is. easy to oh slip gosh. into that, you know? When I started my business, which was long ago, um, I created time blocks for myself mm -hmm. of all of the activities that I knew I had to do on an ongoing basis. So part of that was checking LinkedIn. Part of that was um, sending outreach inquiries to people that might have business for me. Right, nobody likes doing that. Part of that was um, you know, going to uh, conferences or networking meetings for job seekers, different things. So I had my calendar full for a week almost. Right. These are all the things that I should be doing every day. So when I woke up in the morning, as much as I didn't want to do most of the tasks on my list, I, they were on, on my list. I, they were on my calendar. I, I had to do them. Um, so that, that made me feel productive. And I think with that, at the end of the day, we need that. And what do you call that? Because I've seen you post that online. Yeah, time blocking. Time blocking. So that's the official... because. You can I, do that for work too. People do it. That's the thing. I pulled, I pulled it from work. At work, you we have time blocks, right? The people that, oh, I've got this Monday morning meeting at nine o'clock. So that goes on your calendar every day, right? And then I've got my meeting, my annual performance review, and then I've got to make phone calls to whatever. So if we're using the same principles we used at work, but with our job search, same day. You know, I'm going to do that more because I, I kind of do that, but I do it in a, on an ad hoc basis, right? I don't have it like official. So what will happen, give you just an example. So I might be 
looking for candidates for a job and you're it's kind of a low energy kind of thing because you're you know you're going through your resume database maybe you're going through some portals you know you're looking on linkedin so before you know it it's almost like scrolling through social media even though it's work so it could easily be two hours and then like oh i two hours i really didn't get anything done instead of having a time block saying okay i'm allocating half an hour to do this so I'm going to do a deep dive, intensive, no BS. Don't get, you know, like distracted. Boom. <clears throat> and then if I can't find it, okay. Because also, Hannah, I'm curious if you see this too. What happens is that the results are, the more you do it, the less your results are. Because you start right. just phasing out, you gloss over. Right. You just can't focus anymore. And then you're doing it, but you're not even retaining anything. So it's like, okay, let me get that block, get it done put it aside. And then also you get a check, you get a victory. So you get that little dopamine hit, right? Like yeah. you feel like, okay, got this done. And then you move on to the next one. Is this, so that's kind of what. Yeah, absolutely. Mean, right? <clears throat> the Tom, the Pomodoro method has been around for a long time. Which is that is what they call it? Pom which Pomodoro method. So it, I think you work in like 15 minute sprints with a, yeah. or maybe it's 30 minute sprints, but <clears throat> the idea is our brain can't stay focused and functioning for long periods of time right, before it starts wandering. So if you're doing those 15 minute sprints or 30 minute sprints with a break, you're maximizing the most of your brain power at any one time. Yeah, all right, don't laugh at me, but this is, <laughs> I, now I, I'm laughing. I, I, hit, I hit that wall, maybe it's because I'm getting a little older. Like, there'll be time, well, I have to, I might say to you, let's see where I caught, you know, Hannah, can we talk about this later? Because I just don't have that, that like mental processing ability at this point, like it's maybe, 4.30 in the afternoon and I'm like shot. And I just, I, I'm like, in the past, you you try to, you know, you know, just push man, through it. <laughs> push through. But then you're not doing a good job and you're just going to get irritated and the other person be irritated. I'm like, I, you know what? Can we just take a time, take a time out <laughs> and we resume it tomorrow when I'm fresh? In fact, yeah. you know something? I just saw a little clip with Jeff Be Bezos and he was saying something as similar as that, like that he'll schedule, you know, he, he wakes up at a certain time, putters around the house with the kids and whatever. Now, who knows? Maybe he's just saying that so he could get, you know, <laughs> feel like he's a human being, right? I don't know. But then he won't, he'll have a meeting like at, let's say 10. I don't know the exact thing because by then had some breakfast, he's kind of alert and what have you. So he could hyper-focus. And then he would have other times that he knows that, okay, people are in that zone and could be effective. But like later on at four, he's like, no, no, we could just do it tomorrow morning at 10 because- you yeah, know, no you're good. tired, you're worried yeah. about the commute home, you're just cranky, you didn't have your coffee yet. So, so I think there's a lot to it. But the pump, wait, the pump, so people know it, it's the Pomodoro pump. method. Pomodoro, okay. Which is really using time slots for any kind of activity that, not time slots, but 15 minute time increments, 30 minute time yeah. increments. It's interesting because I, I wrote this piece just recently about uh, how you know, tech people, we're, we're saying, hey, we work about four hours a day. And when people would see that, they had this visceral reaction. Only four hours, you're so entitled. Oh, how dare you? You're making all, you make hundreds of thousands of dollars and not millions in four hours. But really I, what they were saying, and there's a disconnect, it's not that they work, just only work for it. It's like four hours in the flow, hyper-focused, right. headphones on, blocking everything out. And even by four hours, you're shot. You're, you know what I mean? Because you just put everything you have into doing that coding for four hours. And, and it doesn't mean that's it. You go home. 
is then you decompress, you chill out, you know. There and are, then you there's do other like, things to do. And then you do the other oh, things, right. reports and paperwork and every everything else like that. Yeah. Which is kind of a variation of what and the I Pomodoro. Yeah. yeah, we have to know when our peak performance is, right? right? We all are, and I, I, different people have different times where they really are yeah. at their peak performance um, and use that. Like those are the times when you should slot those activities that are most challenging for you. Um, for teenagers, it always made me so uh, boggled the mind that the high schoolers start their their day at like 7.15. The little kids start at nine. Well, let, we all know that high schoolers, their circadian clock is different. They don't wake up until nine o'clock. Their brains don't wake up. Yet little kids are awake at six o'clock watching cartoons. So yeah. why we don't flip that? And some schools are starting to do that. So there's enough science around this that we can use that science for our own good. Use your time when you are at your peak energy. That makes so much sense. So, so let's kind of wrap this up in terms of for the AI part. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So this way we can get people to take home some kind of interesting Action. things. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Kind of, kind of jump. You know, throw some out and then like just see if we're missing anything. So cover letter, cover letters, right? Mm -hmm. Where they could just use AI to just do a cover letter, so you don't have to sit there and figure out like what do I say, what's the right way. It boom, they could just do the bare basics. Yep. And then, as you were pointing out, Anna, it'd be robotic, so you have you can't just send it the way it is. You got to give some humanity, some emotions, some personality to it, right? Like you right. can't just you know take it, copy paste, and put it on there. Right. So then, maybe commonly asked questions what do you think about it? i don't think we talked about that like maybe like hey what are the top you know 25 most asked questions and then role play it is that something you'd recommend absolutely absolutely yeah then questions maybe, that they they can ask in the interview um that's see that's yeah the uh, what what questions you have for me so have that already yeah and then with, with virtual you just have like notepad like stickies around your computer so, right. you, so you can have it handy to look at um Ch uh, researching the company to make researching sure you don't get the company. Mm -hmm. Going to another researching the people, which sounds mm -hmm. creepy, but you know you got to do what you got to do. Like make sure, like, am I going to work for a psychopath or you know a nice person? So try it's to, just intel. Uh, right? It's already out there. So, <laughs> right. so you're creating a dossier on the person yeah. that you're going to be meeting with. And then I like the. E I'm going to try that myself. I'm going to try to write some email stuff because like emails are easy, but at the same time, if you just have like this canned email that you could send out. Makes your life easier. You know, so easier. emails to, to people. The yeah. follow-up, I think the follow-up emails are the best because like you don't know what to say. You're emotional, you're ticked off, you want to like yell at them, you know, like right. why are you getting back to me? So this way, instead of doing that, you just have I have it ready. All I'm gonna do is click the button, it's ready, you know, and I'm gonna yep. just every and then maybe you make it like in your time blocks, you know, maybe once a week, you know, or twice a week. I'm gonna this just is when I said my follow-up emails, yeah. Until they finally say yes, we want you, or leave me the hell alone, get away. We're not gonna hire you, Jack. Stop bothering me. But at least you'll know what it is. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like indifference is the hardest part for job to use. I don't know what's happening. Well, the only way you're gonna know is to keep asking. Yes. And or I give think, up. I I think it's well within the rights. I bet you agree with it. Like if you're putting your time and effort into an interview and they're making you do projects they're making you jump through hoops, you know, they're grilling you day after day going on for months, then, then all of a sudden you don't hear anything at all. Then right. you get ghosted. I think it's only fair 
that you could be a nudge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be a jerk about it, about it. I, I would call politely being per, persistent, politely persistent. So this yeah. way, you don't want to come up because then they'll blame it on you. They'll gaslight. Oh, we're not hiring you because you're a pushy jerk, Jack. Is it, but if you're polite and you just ask nicely, <clears throat> I think that's fair, that's especially true. if they I don't get back, if they don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. So what, I, I, what I, is there anything we're missing that maybe we could add to that? That list, um, the do it yourselfers which you know, I if, if they they could use uh chat gpt to help with their uh linkedin profile and or their resume but not to write the whole thing just portions of it help me write um a linkedin um headline using these keywords specifying this job title blah 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 220 characters or less right or help me write a summary too or help me answer the question tell me about yourself using my background right See, that's so cool see that helps out so much because that's so time consuming to do so like if you have that you know at you're ready it helps out so much all right don't laugh like this is like i don't understand when someone says do an ai resume like how do you do an ai resume is uh, like i because a resume is in such a specific format no like how like <sighs> I, is it just they give you the stuff and you have to then you separately do it in like a resume format or you have to do each part of it um oh. so you have to say what well, what would be good accomplishment based bullets to describe work done as a nanotechnologist and it would come okay. up with some and then you then you would have to go through and edit those um, based on your own personal experience. And so it's a lot of work. You could ask it to, again, make things better. Here's the, here's using this bullet, please make this uh, more uh, compelling or mm -hmm. whatever. So rewrite this for me. We right. can rewrite a bullet. So it can make things better. But to say, write me a resume, it won't do that. I know, I'm such an idiot. Because when I hear people say you could do AI, resume i'm literally in my peanut brain thinking somebody <laughs> you're going to put in you know chat gpt or wherever and it's going to show up the resume format how it is i'm like how that's how is that possible but, but okay so so i got my answer now and i bet you there are other people who feel the same way but i bet there are. To say. i'm not i have no ego i don't care if i don't know something i have no qualms admitting i don't get it so okay so it's not as that like presto you got your resume it's more of they're in little bite-sized things. What you're saying is, you know, each piece of it, put it in there. They'll give you better, you know, ideas. Then you give a prompt and so on. So then you're building it. And then separately, you have to put in the right resume format. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I didn't, like, I didn't, like, I didn't know exactly what, you know, I thought it'd come out, like you put it in the oven, it comes out, it's done. <laughs> How's that possible? It doesn't make sense. You know, you know what, it probably could do that, but it would be so bad that I wouldn't yeah. even want, want to suggest. <laughs> All right, cool. So I'm glad. So if nothing else, I learned, you know, because I bet you if I didn't know that, I bet you there are a lot of people out there who watch, watch, who also thought the same thing as me, but no one wanted to bring it up because no one wanted to be that person to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. How does this work? So I think I think that's going to be helpful for a lot of folks yeah. who now understand it. Well, and so, thank goodness for YouTube, right? If you, you Google it or YouTube it, you can find yeah. explanations. So 
we get, you know, you gave a lot of information. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you'd want to share or anything you'd like to share with the audience that we didn't uh, go over? Um, wow, I should always have something on the ready. I will say that I want people to be good to themselves if they are unemployed and going through job search. I think it's a really challenging time. Um, and the take care of yourself, body, mind, and spirit, period, end. This is not easy. That. A hundred, I could agree with you more. I think that's something that people, you know, it's almost like I think people feel guilty if they're mm -hmm. not working to do that. Like they feel guilty. Oh, I got to just be on that job board. I can't go to the gym. Oh, I got to do, right. you know, this because I got, yeah, I agree with you. You just, I, I, it's so helpful to have that mental health, emotional well-being. Because let's, let's be honest, we have a mental health crisis in this country. Yeah. People are nuts. People are losing their minds. So like you have to, so if you're in between jobs and if you're, like, you're worried about the finances, it could push you over the edge. So 100% yoga, walking, jogging, working out, exercising, eating right. Don't mm -hmm. drink, don't do drugs. I know I sound like a funny duddy, but sorry. But guy. Nothing in excess. Bad. That's my sorry. thing. Yeah. Nothing in excess. Okay, that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I think a, a little drink, a little whatever is yeah. all, yeah. Okay. all okay. Yeah. Everything in moderation. Yeah. Right. Right, Jack, all right, cut it out here. No, no, don't, you know, <laughs> don't have some fun, some life. Okay, I get you. But uh, so and that's definitely good. keep like your it. friends, right? Because I think. Yeah. We know one of the reasons for the mental health crisis is that people feel isolated and alone. And, and that's one of yes. the problems that happens with job seekers. They feel isolated and alone. Yeah. But you, sh you shouldn't be embarrassed. You need to continue to stay in touch with your work friends and your, your other friends. Keep those lines of connections open and tight because that's what you need to get through this. I love it. I think that's, I think that you give a lot of awesome advice, but I think this is just something that's just so important for people, whether you're a job seeker, whoever, you're going through a tough time, you know, you, know, you might even be happy in what you're doing at work, but still you need to do this. Otherwise it's, it's too easy to fall apart. So that, that's so valuable. I'm so glad you brought it up. So Hannah, thank you so much. This is, this is great. I think for the people who just were AI curious, or AI don't know what the heck to do and how do I start? Or they're like, I'm just swamped and I don't know how to do this stuff. So I think you gave a lot of you know smart insights, actionable advice for people to, 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 to make their lives easier. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time today because I know you're super busy. Thank you for asking great questions. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's not the great questions. You get great answers. I'm just like, you know, giving dopey questions, but like you're making it, you're just knocking it out of the park at it. That's it but I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Seriously, this is awesome. Thank you. Take, Take care. care. Right, bye bye.